0: Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishef and Mike Tasty-McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plisé. Now, here's Jamil. Howdy, hey my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey Brewers, what's going on?
1: And uh, I'm John, please say. No, you're not. No, <laughs> oh, poor Johnny is not in the studio. Jean, please. My Cajun Bruin brother is not here because well his poor little daughter got sick and had to be in the hospital, so could not be here. He has an excellent reason for not being excellent. here. So, we wish wish him well, him and his uh, lovely little daughter, who I'm sure will be fine. Yeah. So don't freak out, anybody. Relax. But, uh, yeah. Uh, how, and how have you been doing, Tasty?
2: Doing well. Uh, I'm still recovering from the uh and Walker uh, it was Invitational uh, mm-hmm. Beer Festival. Mm-hmm. It's a nice event. Uh, I was with, camped with the brewers, and boy, they really treat them right. They feed, you know, feed them meals, uh, oh, yeah. breakfast and, Man. and dinner. and uh, Nice. You know, got beer there all the time. It's great. They really know how to throw a party.
3: <laughs> party
2: in the woods. Yeah, it's a good example for all the uh, people who have a beer festival and invite the brewers. Because a lot of brewers show up because it's such a, uh, such a good event. Yeah. If they're going to go to one or two a year. That's one of those they're going to go to. Yeah, there you go. So he's using it as a magnet. There you go. Yeah. Got to tour the brewery with uh, a few people, and that was great. So it's a really nice brewery. A <laughs> funny thing uh, about it was, you know, we saw the brewery. I think we kind of did it backwards, which is okay, because we were all all new about brewing. It wasn't our first brewery. And uh, we got to the old system, right? And mm-hmm. you can see it's like surrounded by equipment. Mm-hmm. So the old system is like there, and it's not going anywhere. There's no way to get it out. Mm-hmm. You'd have to take the the new part out to put the take the old because right. they were going to use it while they you know mm-hmm. while they put the new in. So they just built essentially over it and around it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. Did
1: Matt give the tour?
2: No, no. One of his uh, is one of his brewers, Brendan, did.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, Matt, uh, Peter, Simons, and I on our way down to the NHC in San Diego, mm-hmm. we stopped. And Matt took two hours out of his day <laughs> you mentioned that before, yeah. to really? personally walk us through every aspect of it and mm-hmm. go into details about, you know, why, why they, they did, did it, things how it works. And, and you know, yeah, oh, it was just fantastic. And they sat down with us and had some beers with us and just just incredible. I mean, that he, that he would take that time to do that with us, I'll never forget that. He must yeah, enjoy
2: enjoyed it, fantastic. too. Yeah, it's more than just time. He probably enjoyed doing it.
1: Yeah, well, he's a great guy, Matt. Uh, oh, absolutely, he, yeah. is, he is. wonderful and extremely knowledgeable. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it was it was fascinating. To yeah, get that he, kind of tour. Yeah,
2: does a great job.
1: Well, and and I think the magic must be Peter because <laughs> when we were at Anderson Valley, we stopped there. Peter and Barry and I on our trip. It was one NHC was up in Washington. Well, and we were on our way back. We stopped at Anderson Valley and Fowl. Again, you know, it took hours out of his day to walk us around the entire property. I mean, we went from the the, the pit where they get rid of their, uh, where they process their water to the, mm-hmm. the very upper deck of the, the thing where they don't allow anybody to the, go. To, the full tour, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he just sampled all the beers with us, and they got quite a, a array of beers there as well. Wow. What do you do?
2: Uh, do you introduce Peter as some sort of like... Uh, Royalty or something like that. Is that uh,
1: I doing? introduced him as Sean Connery. Ah, very. So he thinks he's a big
2: deal. <laughs> right. I'm well, like, the accent sort of gets people thinking he's something, <laughs> like right? And he looks a lot like Sean Connery. Enough. <laughs> he, he does. So you're pulling that scam, obviously. I'm see. just
1: like, uh, yeah, Sean Connery's here, and uh, would like to tour the brewery. I think I'm gonna,
2: gonna be go. hanging with him on Friday night uh, this week. He's like has some time uh, right, before right, you guys right. take your trip. Right, I think right. We're gonna be hanging. I think I'll try that uh, Sean Connery thing. <laughs> see if we can get some free beers or something. Or, well, see if I can it get works. him free beer. I'll be getting the free beer. I will right, see if I can right. get him some too.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Uh well I think we're doing the Rayleigh Field Fest Friday night. Oh. Oh, is so he you gonna get, be there? Oh, I better get him Thursday. Then. He yeah, said Thursday we'll and Friday. Yeah. Okay, we'll do Thursday. Do Thursday. All right. And then uh Rayleigh Field Fest. I I can get you to a ticket. a to Rayleigh Field Fest if you want to come up with us. <laughs> well
2: is that a good fest?
1: Uh it's pretty good. Is there good. camping? <laughs> uh, you could probably pass out in the well, Are there drunk uh, chicks? The, yes, the there infillic. are. Okay. All right. There's there's a lot of women. Okay. And um is this so far out of my zone? Yeah. Like <laughs> women's. No, no, Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, West Sacramento. It's, Ooh, on it's the, almost it's on, there. We're almost on, there. On, there now. Yeah, it's almost it's on the baseball diamond there. Yeah, yeah. In Rayleigh field and Is uh, there and a game games.
2: played and then you have the fest or is it like no, it's just a fest on it's the field? Just a fest and,
1: and it's they ring the entire circle with breweries and food and you know whatever uh,
2: you have to walk around we have to walk you
1: stagger around in a circle Hmm. and then there's grass in case you fall down and pass out so
2: yeah there is a place you can go sit in the grass yeah
1: Yeah, it's actually yeah yeah, they got a lot of breweries and that's on Friday night that's Friday night yeah they've it's part of the uh, if you're part of the Northern California Brewers Guild you are asked to participate it's part of the it's requirement, a yeah. I see. be so, a member. You yeah, see. they've they've got a, a lot of breweries that they go out there and support that. Well,
2: so that's what I represented in terms of Northern California beer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice. They got a bunch. They got a bunch. It's a it's a good event. I had a lot of a lot of fun doing it uh the last time. This time it's supposed to be a hundred and uh like a hundred and seven degrees or something on Friday.
2: During the day, but it might be like at five what time's the thing start?
1: Uh, like six or five. It'll probably, five it'll probably be six. like just 100 at that. Yeah, it'll probably be like 104. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on the breeze. <laughs> there is that spike in temperature, like, well, like right around three o'clock, three, mm-hmm. four o'clock, and it gets gets crazy oh, hot. Right.
2: But you'll be on, on grass, and so it'll give up the heat a little bit better. It'll cool off a little bit better. It'll,
1: the steam... It's not like uh, on the, a parking lot or something. That's true. The grass will exude moisture, so it'll be like a like yeah. a pin in the tropics. Tropical, tropical <laughs> format. <laughs> like staggering through the Amazon. Well,
2: you're really talking me out of this. <laughs> <laughs> All the way to Sacramento <laughs> to be uncomfortable?
1: Uncomfortable. Oh, come on. How well, this
2: far as far as Walker thing, it was over 100 degrees. It was 106, I heard, or something. Or something. Oh Ridiculous, yeah? yeah. I didn't even notice <laughs> I had my I didn't care you were three sheets and no and, no it wasn't I wasn't inebri- in any way well some way but not anything significant <laughs> I just got into it so much I didn't even care what, what was going on
1: right right fun. Well, when you're having a good time doesn't really matter what the conditions There's things are, are right it's my world right when yeah. you're not having a good time then the yeah. little, little, littlest yeah, yeah. things
4: why you worry about is little things yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well also credit to Firestone they they took uh steps because yeah. they knew it was going to be hot so they had some uh, huge industrial swamp coolers mm-hmm. around the whole space and every station had the the misters mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. pouring the water so that helped a lot.
1: Very nice. Very yeah, nice. you could cool down. Yeah, there you go. It's when when you when you got a got a few extra bucks to burn. Yeah, well they do don't mind there.
2: putting some money into the into the festival right. for right. it to be good.
1: Well, they're they're doing it for a good cause versus, it's not like, oh, we need to make money off of this thing. They're just doing it to further beer, further, you know, know, uh, show appreciation for the the beer drinker and, uh, you know, and uh, support good causes. Quality experience, yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. And speaking of quality experiences, uh, guide yourself over to northernbrewer.com, our fine sponsor. You want a quality experience? Try purchasing from Northern Brewer. They got uh, all the all the latest and greatest products, uh, great shipping, a uh, reasonable price on 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 items that you can't find a lot of other places, and uh, great customer service. So if you want a great experience, cruise on over to our fine sponsor northernbrewer.com. Well, and today we're doing uh, dry stout, huh? Yeah. You a dry stout kind of guy, tasty? Uh occasionally I have that, yes. But not too often, no. Yeah, sometimes you just get a craving for yeah. like a, a Guinness or a Murphy's or a Beamish right. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those those great beers that uh great beer styles that a lot of homebrewers when they're first uh starting out, they like to try and perfect you know, dry stout Pale Ale, IPA. Hmm. It's kind of like, hey, you know, one of the the most highly entered categories in competition is the stout category.
2: Yeah, it's often bigger than the IPAs.
1: Yeah, I mean, people just uh, load up. And uh, it's interesting. You know, I think, um, you know, a a great deal of people like those darker beers. And so they gravitate over to that or or people gravitate over to hobby beers, you know, kind of those extremes where... You know, most beer that you've been served your entire life is pale and flavorless. You like to have something with some color to it, and you know it's so people gravitate towards the extreme. I think homebrewing and
2: homebrewing dark is sort of like a homebrew sort of effect, I think. And then, of course, when you're brewing those darks, those stouts, it covers a lot of the mistakes you're making. So Mm -hmm. stouts could be your best beer because it, you
1: know, doesn't
2: show all your house flaws,
1: especially uh, clarity.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yes it can have a big clarity issue and not even know it right? yeah
1: right right it can be so dark that right. uh you don't you don't see something like that right
2: and i'm sure it, and to some extent i mean it's they're probably uh a little hard to judge because they're so you know have a lot of strong uh flavors in them at least the uh the higher a b v stouts
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm- right uh well and, and the uh BJCP, let's see. What's the uh, style guide say here? Aroma, coffee-like, roasted barley, roasted malt, aroma prominent. prominent. like chocolate, cocoa, grainy, secondary notes. Esters, medium, low to none. Uh, low to none on the hops. Uh, jet black to deep brown. Uh, thick, creamy, long-lasting uh, head. Moderate uh, roasted grainy sharpness, optionally on the flavor. Uh, light to moderate acidic sourness. I don't... That's a, just a load of bullshit there. right? Mild, acidic... It's moderate, to mild, moderate, to, light to moderate, moderate like, acidic okay. sourness. And it's like, well, you know, Guinness puts uh, you know sour beer in there and it's uh, sour. It's like, oh, it's another one of these, these stupid holdovers from, I think, somebody in the past where You know, you're getting stale product or, you know, product that's gone bad or homebrew that's gone bad and people trying to pass it off as, uh, As you know, that the beer should be sour. It's like, no, it shouldn't.
4: Shouldn't we just abolish the word sour altogether as it pertains to describing beer? Because tart is so much more accurate in almost every instance. Like, where is sour a better descriptor than tart if it's not an off flavor?
1: You make sense.
4: (laughs) It's weird, isn't it?
1: It is weird that you make sense. Yeah. Dry coffee-like finish from rusted Grains may have a bittersweet or unsweetened chocolate character in the palate, lasting in the finish. Balancing factors may include some creaminess, medium to no fruitiness, medium to uh, no hot flavor, no diacetyl, uh, mouthfeel medium to light, medium full body, creamy character. Um... Overall impression, a very dark, roasty, bitter, creamy ale. Uh, Let's see. (coughs) Style of all from uh, London Porters. They originally had uh, Stout Porter. Ingredients. Dryness comes from use of roasted, unmalted barley, in addition to pale malt, moderate to high hot bitterness, good attenuation, flaked, unmalted barley, may also use, added creaminess. A small percentage, perhaps three percent of sourd beer is sometimes added for complexity. Generally by Guinness only water typically is moderate carbon hardness, although high levels do not give the classic dry finish. Uh ten thirty-six to ten fifty. Starting gravity, finishing gravity zero seven to eleven, thirty to forty-five IBUs, SROM twenty-five to forty, ABV four to five percent. And uh Commercial examples, the the top three, Guinness, uh, Murphy's, and Beamish. And uh, I did an absolutely fantastic article for BYO Magazine where I identify the the differences between Mm -hmm. Murphy's, uh, Guinness, Mm -hmm. and Beamish. And uh, originally, I had provided three recipes, one for each, for, for, for Murphy's clone a beamish clone and a guinness clone and
2: It didn't make it to that that uh, they got the the
1: guinness and the beamish i don't what, see the murphy's don't listen
2: what you're looking at there it's the uh
1: the, well i'm looking at the uh the best of uh brew your own magazine 30 great beer styles <coughs> hmm, pardon me chips techniques and recipes brew 30 of the world's best beer styles at home i think if we actually have a listener asking questions if somebody <laughs> promoted the fact that the show was
4: on yeah, tonight we did we did? Yeah, it's, again, weird, isn't it? Do we have somebody? Yeah. Somebody listening? Yeah, oh, there's a few. There's a few oh, guys well, in the okay. chat room. Hey, yeah. We'll
1: give away a couple copy. of few. We'll give away a copy of the uh, Best of Brew, uh, uh, Brew Your Own, 30-degree beer size, And you can read that uh, great Dry Stout article in there. I think <laughs> so we were talking before work. the show that <laughs> I actually did a really good job on that article. I, and I think... W- uh, it wasn't
4: you. It was a previous version of you. Right, very right, important. Right. Yeah, it's gone right. forever, but... Jamel 1.0.
1: Yeah, not, not Jamel point too, uh, fat and lazy point too. Yeah,
2: um, no, it's good. Uh, you know, good to have by the the you know the commode so a copy of that as well as in right. the coffee table. There, you, it's there very you go. very
1: good, very thing to have around uh, the, the bedside table for some inspiration yeah. when, well, you're, sure. when you're when uh, you're in case your starts not getting stout. The, Get it on with your honey. You can read that and it'll yeah, get you just uh, as a distraction. You know, to prolong like bull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into uh, some of the uh, commercial examples that are available and what we do and don't like and things like that about uh, making a great dry stout. Back after this
0: nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in Homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in Homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in Homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in Homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in Homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving home Brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5 gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable cereal killer grain mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. BAM! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure. Adventure today, a vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer.
3: been lost what happened to the city it's in ruins only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization (sighs) I need a drink Oh, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first twenty-five minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over.
0: Oh no, those are non-alcoholic beer.
3: (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us.
0: People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol.
3: Done.
0: Come with me if you want the beer.
3: Okay, I'm gonna need some big plastic buckets He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's gonna get us wasted.
0: <laughs> Someone start heating
3: water and from the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the home brewer. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. And unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint.
0: Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snap-Lock stainless steel CamLock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way you're listening to brewing with style on the brewing network
1: Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're enjoying uh, our two commercial examples, uh, <laughs> Guinness and uh, Murphy's.
4: Turns out nobody carries dry stout. <laughs> what is that about? Uh, well, and I
1: think, you know, Guinness is just pretty much the the majority of the market. And then I guess Murphy's has a chunk and then... Uh, because Beamish isn't isn't that much. Um,
2: They're readily available. That's, I mean, all their listeners should be able to
1: get these two beers, right? These two, yeah. And my favorite is actually the Beamish. No, and the Beamish actually has a little bit of hop character to it.
2: Hmm. That means it has some malt character then, because yeah, you can't have that too much hop character without.
1: Uh, right, right. No, the my Beamish is my favorite. Really, uh, is it on
2: the larger side in terms of alcohol? Is it a bigger beer? Do you think?
1: Uh, no, I think they're all the right, in, right in that range, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do I do on my Beamish clone in uh in Brew Your Own? Uh, I did, uh, let's see.
2: We we uh, almost look at that a little bit. Uh, I was wondering four, about like 4. Point one 4.1 on, on it's, both of them.
1: They're both yeah. the same? Okay. Oh, But Guinness is less, right, rest. or no? Uh, You know, Guinness has various formulations that oh. range down from like, you know, Three-something to five-something.
4: Uh-huh. Depends on the country or something. Huh? Is that why they don't put it on the can?
1: Well, there's the foreign extra.
4: Isn't Isn't that weird that the can doesn't say? Don't you have to or something?
1: If it's below 5.3 in California, you don't have to say. Hmm. Or maybe it's 5.2, something like that. Hmm. Um, None of
2: our business, I guess.
1: Well, in this case, I mean, I think they're, uh, I think they're both excellent beers. I, I, I prefer the the Murphys over the the Guinness, and then I would yep. prefer Beamish over Murphys. Murphys is a little sweeter than the no, more than roast the character, Guinness too, which I think. Yeah, it. chocolatey, slightly sweeter, uh, kind of a richer overall kind of impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, both excellent beers. Um, I <laughs> think my favorite is is kind of
4: the Murphys. You
1: have a favorite, Scott?
4: I got it. they're indistinguishable. Oh, oh really? To what? me, yeah, I can't tell the difference. Huh. So, w- what tricks are you using to? Because I mean, you would admit that differences are are really subtle, right? All of the things you just said—that is anything overt? It's all in the finish. When you're tasting this beer,
2: you got to wait because it's only in the finish. There's nothing coming across your tongue hardly at all. Really? I'm getting I mean it's pretty
1: light. To me they're they're different. What's the most they're pronounced different? difference? Um for me the Murphy's is quite a bit sweeter and fruitier than the than the Guinness.
4: Quite a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, much more wall character.
1: Huh. And it's yeah, uh, you can look at the look at the foam,
2: look at the head. The uh Murphy's is uh quite a bit darker. Well, it yeah, it's, appearance-wise, yeah. It's a sure.
1: creamier, tighter head on the on the Murphys than it is on the on the Guinness. Right. Guinness is actually a little bit large and loose. Um, yeah, you know, get a fruity, sweet.
4: Yeah, it is a little sweeter now, mm-hmm. now that you say it. But I I don't know that I would be that I would have. Maybe I would have been able to pick that out. I don't know. These are this is for sure Maltier. of all the shows so far. Mm-hmm. These are the hardest to distinguish of any two oh. beers. Interesting. So I would ask, like, what trick you're using to, to distinguish? But I, you would say it's not a trick. <laughs> well, I just yeah. taste it, right? Yeah, my, yeah. my
1: tongue. swallow
2: yeah. and
4: think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sense.
2: Oh, think. Oh. I'm not that good at it myself. I'm just saying that's what I say to myself. A lot of times I just start drinking and I think, what well, they thinking about it. You got to think about it.
3: Right. Tough, right. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, It's a a good question, an interesting question. I think that uh, you, um, yeah, and and honestly, you know, there was a time for me where I wouldn't have, I'd be like, yeah, they're the same, but that was, you
4: know, know a long
1: time ago when I, I was still sucking on a titty.
4: Well, all right, well, what would you do, how how are these beers brewed differently then? Like, why is the Murphys sweeter? Uh, You know, different recipe, you
1: know, probably different yeast, um, you know, different water maybe.
4: Oh, maybe I should ask, what's the same about them?
1: Hmm. Well, in general, I mean, they're both, you know, roasty, chocolatey, uh, in general, they both have a a dry finish. In general, they're both um, you know creamy, you know lower alcohol, more session type of beers.
4: As as far as their brewing process, though, like how are, are would what would be the biggest differences in, in the brew house at Murphy's and Guinness?
1: Oh, I don't know, but uh, you know, you know, probably the grist that they're using, maybe the source of the malts. And probably the biggest difference would be the yeast. I think. I think a lot of this is yeast-driven. You know, sweetness and fruitiness tends to be more of a a yeast strain-specific type of thing than anything else.
4: You're you're definitely right that it's on the finish. You can taste the extra. It's at sweetness the very when end. Yes, yeah. It.
1: You gotta you gotta give it a few well. And most most beers, that's where you're going to taste true. your yeah. biggest difference is right. in the in the finish, and, and it's really just because. It's, it's not because it's anything magical in the finish it's because you've finished swallowing and you know the the, the beer is warming up your tongue is warming up the beer you know, the re- residue of the beer across your tongue and it's and it's going up through your sinuses and out your nose and um, you know that's where all your your flavor senses in your nose and your sinuses so one one thing you can do is take in uh, air you know you Swallow the beer, then take in air through your mouth mm. and blow out through your nose, and you'll get a lot of those aromas and and flavors will become much more prominent than if you just inhale through your nose. You can actually just you, you know your tongue heats up, whatever remaining residual is there and you force that you know so it volatilizes all those compounds you force it through your your sinuses and you, you know through your nose and you 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 pick up a lot more of those uh characters that way did that work for you
4: yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, maybe it would be maybe if there was more than two I, right yeah it did no i'm I feel i feel satisfied
2: I'm going to pour some more. <laughs> well, just just know on your journey, and we might say you're at the beginning of it. Over over time, you'll be better at, at tasting beer and understanding what you're getting. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of practice and connecting those those uh, neurons with a certain flavor and and a, and a name for it. And uh, you know, you'll just learn you'll just learn a lot more as you go.
4: Well, and I I think it's particularly challenging with with really light beers like this. Mm-hmm. That oh yeah, um, you know when the flavors are way more pronounced. You know, like, a di- mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to tell the differences. These beers are so subtle in all of their right. flavors.
1: Like next show, we're going to be doing uh, Imperial IPA. And then, you know, I think it's hard sometimes to pick out the, the differences in that. You know. Um, mm. the
2: the It needs subtlety. It's just not there.
1: Well... And I think for a lot of people, it is. It you know, we were joking around, but you know, to say you know, think, think about what you're you're tasting, think about what you're smelling, think think about what you're you're feeling, and your you know your your senses. You know, pay attention to what's going on as much as possible, and you know, it's surprising you know the differences that that you can you can uh, pick out if you if you focus, focus. on it. It's all about focus, I think. right?
2: Yeah. And then you're only, you know, given certain... Some people have, a, you know, good palate. Some don't. Some have, You know, you just have to deal with what you got.
4: Does this style have to be on nitro? No. So it's it's acceptable to use CO2? Yeah. That that would change the beer entirely, wouldn't it? I mean, these beers essentially have no carbonation.
1: Well, it has low carbonation. You know, you're, you're shooting for, you know, volume and a half, maybe. I think, you know, if you put too much carbonation in there um it really becomes uh you know too acidic and too biting and it really you know uh works against the beer because you've got those uh, uh acidic dark malts in there in quantity and so uh, you know you, you got to be careful i think on any really dark beer uh, with too much uh, co2 if you don't have some sweetness to balance
4: so, yeah, what if you were just married to CO2, like you're just, ah, I'm not a nitro guy, what what mm-hmm. would you do to compensate for the, for the CO2? I
1: would just carbonate it less. More carbonate. That's know, it. Volume and a half. I'd keep it, you know, t- definitely two volumes or less. <clears throat> and then, you know, it'll turn out like this. You won't get that, that creamy head on it. You know, the nitrogen leaves almost instantly. And that's what forms the head and it gets all that cascading. When you pour these, you see this real cascading fine bubbles and it forms this thick creamy head well uh the you know the nitrogen's all gone by then it's all pretty much out of solution and all you're left with is the carbonation Mm -hmm. and uh so you know as a home brewer you can just go ahead and carbonate to a lower volume and then you know just splashed around, yeah, you know. Pour it aggressively. Yeah, you won't get you know quite the thick creamy head, mm-hmm. but all the rest is the same after that point. Mm-hmm. So not a big deal. And and you know homebrewers can set up a uh, mixed gas, and then get they can buy beer gas from a lot of beer uh, uh, gas suppliers. And you know,
2: yeah, just have a tank of that and serve it. You, can serve you, it you can get way.
1: stout faucets, you know, creamer faucets, and all that. You check out our uh, our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. You get all the stuff you need to uh, serve your your beer on uh, nitro. If uh, you're into dry stouts, you know, I think it's I think it's worth worth the investment, wouldn't you? Tasty.
2: Oh yeah. If you're into if you're into brewing them, you should definitely serve them as good as, as well as you can. Yeah. Right. Sure.
1: Well, and that's an important thing. I think mm-hmm. you know, serving a beer the right way really does make a make a difference.
2: Well yeah, if you're calibrating to the commercial beer, be, you should, you know, mm-hmm. put your beer on the same level. Right. Give yourself a chance.
1: Yeah. If you're you know if you're brewing uh, crap beer, serve it in a serve it in a toilet. If you're serving, serving you know gar- gourmet beer, Did you it know, serve it on a silver platter. It's, yeah, that's right. You know, it's deserving of it. Yeah. You know, what's your beer you know, and a lot of times people will like, well, you know, I don't want to pay for this, that, or the other thing. It's like, well, you know, what's your beer worth? Yes, you know, so I had a friend who uh, rode my motorcycles all the time, and and uh, he used to buy the most expensive helmet he could find. And I'm like, you know, why do you buy the most expensive helmet you find? He's like, well, if my head was worth like ten bucks, I would just stick a plastic <laughs> bucket over my head right around. <laughs> he goes, my head's pretty precious to me, so I'm going to buy the best helmet I can get. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
4: Yeah. yeah. It, work, it works like that with everything shower heads and uh, yeah. mattresses. And you yep. figure out where you're spending all your time and invest.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if your beer is important to you, I invest in that as well. Well,
2: it is important because you, you spend your valuable time and attention making that beer
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, mm-hmm. in, in small quantities. Price per gallon is ridiculous. Right. So, so don't stop there. Go ahead and you know get the equipment to, uh, to serve it right.
1: Yeah, and look at it as a treat for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, versus uh yeah. an expense. You know, it's like eh, yeah, what are you worth? I think uh you know it's worth worth investing in. I will tell you another thing that I think is worth investing in. The AHA. It's a great association. That's right. American Homebrewers Association. Actually, I was thinking about it just, just recently, uh, you know, I was thinking about the, all these articles i have done for Brewery Own and, and over the years and a couple of books and all that. You know how it all got started? The AHA asked me to write an article for Zymergy Magazine on on bitters, Ordinary Bitter. Okay. And I guess one in the uh, NHC, and they called me up. And uh, that was like the first magazine article I ever did. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Hm. And that really kind of got me got me rolling.
2: Rolling? Look at you now. Look at me now. Um, You've got a book of things here
1: in front of us. <laughs> That's right. you got a brewery. That's right. But uh, it was it was the AHA that invested in me. They paid me they for that saw, article. Whoa,
2: paid you. Oh yeah. And
1: uh, Well they, they recognize
2: you know, your well hidden talents, I guess. And uh, yeah, good for them.
1: They you know, they, they invested in me. They invested in homebrewing and they uh, you know, they support the homebrewing community and I think it's uh you great organization. They're looking out for homebrewers uh interests. I mean, they really, and we do. have
2: interest too. I'm glad they're there oh, yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, we
1: do have interest. Uh, you know, the number of times over the last few years when some bizarre legislation starts to to, to make its way through the the anus of uh, government, yeah. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, yeah, as it's being excreted, you know, the HA sends out the uh you know oh, hey, the warning worms. message and exactly. we all call up our representatives and go like, "Hey, hey, what hey. What the fuck you doing? Yeah, this is not acceptable." Right. And I think just just off of that that's worth uh, the, being a member. They're about. on the watch, yeah. But yeah, so. you know, they got the the National Homebrewers Conference. We're going to yeah. be there in Philly. Yeah. They got uh you know the uh the competition, they've got the Zymer G magazine, they got the pub discount program, they got uh yep. Uh, the members only entrance at gabf they got you know, so many great things mm-hmm. all that's of, of value to pay for the for the worth paying for the uh, membership but you know i think the thing that i the reason i'm a lifetime member is because they look out for for homebrewers you know and for homebrewing itself you know yeah. so people aren't passing laws that interfere with my beer enjoyment so I appreciate that, and I think uh, you know everybody should. And if you sign up through the uh, Brewing Network, you go to com, find that AHA member link right there. You click on that, you sign up through there, or renew. Mm, either way. Uh, the Brewing Network gets a little slice, a little slice of the action. A piece of the action. And uh, that helps the Brewing Network, helps the AHA, helps you, helps homebrewing. Well worth doing All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into uh, kind of uh, recipe and uh, guidance on making a great uh, dry stat after this.
0: Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Doctor Blitkringstein. Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creatures and the acids. <laughs> Yes, J.P. Gore. We will, for I have in my possession the tower of power.
1: enjoy a fight.
0: don't be silly jay we have beer to brew
1: Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, a flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it.
0: Cheers. Find Heretic Beers near you. Click on Find Some at
1: hereticbrewing.com. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed
3: Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine.
0: Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. <laughs> Read your way to better
1: homebrew. Ah, What'd you get?
0: And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at BrewMastersWarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit BrewMastersWarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Back to Jamil's Tasty and Blise. It's brewing
1: with style. I tell you, the, the the real prize would be sitting in the studio, listening what happens during the breaks. We we rant during the breaks. We, we rant. We seem kind of calm now, don't we? Oh yeah, we get it all out. Get it out. And we... Then we can talk calmly. Well, and one of the things we were talking about during the break was. You know, if you're if you're tasting sour Guinness at a at a at your local bar or something like that, and think that that's appropriate, it isn't. If you're tasting sour Guinness, it's because the lines are bad, because they're not cleaning their their taps, because they're you know because it's a, a shitty establishment that you're at.
2: Well, they figure they pour Guinness on it all the time. Why would they need to change it? Right,
1: right. But you know, it's not because the people at Guinness are making a moderately sour beer. No. You know this is insane. That is nonsense. Don't believe that. They're not making that beer and serving that beer. If you're drinking sour Guinness, it's <laughs> it's it's fucked up at the pub. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh my god. You know, I, you know, don't perpetuate that that nonsense, you know. You're raging again. <sighs> Calm down. Yeah, you like, probably like have a stroke. No, don't do that. I don't like Pop some sort of vessel in my head or something.
2: Could happen. You're gonna fall. I don't know. It's probably the stress of the uh,
4: owning a big brewery. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A big brewery with the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why why did the sour descriptor even make it into the original style guidelines?
1: Well, there's a lot of stuff in the guidelines that somebody 20 years ago was like, well, I had this beer and it was sour. Some part of the beer, you know, it's like and then they t- t- won't change it unless they got enough proof to just show that it should be changed. And when you bring something up like this up, they're like, well, you know, Bob, 20 years ago, said it was sour. And, uh, you know, so it stays. And it's like it was like the stupid ass, you know, peat smoked malt, you know, in Scottish ales. There's no freaking. Peat smoked malt in Scottish ales. Oh well it's smoky because the water goes through peat moss as it mm. as it makes its way to the brewery. If you've ever had water that's gone through sphagnum moss, which is peat moss, and people go, Oh no, it's 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 peat moss, not sphagnum. No, that's what the peat bogs are. Mm. And the dipshits out there who think it's different. And there's like it tastes like dirt. It tastes like dirt, not like smoke. Yeah, it's all Where, yeah, oh it just uh, you know and it just uh, they're like well maybe it comes from these no
4: no you idiots it doesn't you go over to scotland taste the beer it doesn't taste smoky at all who, who are these people with their heels dug in when when people like you go hey look at this is the deal and there's people standing in your way keeping the the scriptures the same who 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 are those people
1: i don't know and hey i'm no i'm no arbiter of of what's correct or not i disagree i think you are well there you go (laughs) i'll get you checked later uh but uh you know it's just um you know I, i think we need to you know take a fresh look and you know to go with the you know people are reading stuff and then saying well this is true you know Versus going out and tasting it themselves and saying, "Okay, what what does it really taste like?"
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, evaluate that. Like look at it with it with a scrutiny. Like, what can we do to to take things out of here? Because really, if there, if right. it's a statement that's real generalized and real, you know, like it it touches on something that may or may not be there, then why even have it in there? Why don't you just talk about the main points?
1: Well, and they've been you know making some effort at minimizing some of these yeah. misstatements. Yeah but you know not removing
4: them completely you know it's like
1: well you know
4: it was like uh, I, I don't know so uh, blobberglop in the chat room says uh didn't they used to blend old sour porters with newer ones back in the heydays of pubs before refrigerators and is that a factor yeah, the
1: BJC BJCP doesn't go back to 1850s. Well,
4: given all the, given the attitude you're describing, I'm thinking maybe you know,
1: <laughs> no, they do. There are a couple of people at the BJCP that are probably born in the 1850s. Um, yeah, you know they used to do the the three threads thing. I as I read, you know, they would do the 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 stale, the uh, you know the mild and and the pale, and you know blend them together in the three threads and all that, but. You know, you know. Nowadays, if you're tasting anything that's uh, you know sour on, on a dry stout, then eh, it's not. It's not right. It's just bad lines. Doesn't make any sense. There you go.
4: Yeah. Amen.
1: <laughs> uh, but good point by the Canadian. There. There you go. Uh. Well, and. Uh, You know, a good dry stout. I would uh, throw out that uh, everything's kind of uh, centered around what I believe is a central recipe, which is like a a blend of, uh, you know, a British pale ale malt, a roasted barley, and a flake barley. Those three things. So for Guinness, I've always gone with what the, the Guinness story is of, Uh, 10% uh, barley, roasted barley, 20% flaked barley, and the other 70% the the pale ale malt. And the trick is, and I figured this out a long time ago, because people were reporting that that was the recipe, and I could never get it dark enough. It always turned out just like kind of a weird brown Mm. because I was just crushing my roasted barley like normal. What you do is you turn it to dust. You pound that thing into powder. Hmm. And then you get the same dark Guinness uh character or color color S- flavor but the same amount
2: of roast I would think right
1: No, you get a little more flavor Give it more roasted yeah okay And that's that's one of the things um I think about I think. roasted barley you can uh you can turn it to powder and that's fine I mean a lot of times you do that with some other malts and it's, you know you worry about the husk the and stringency. all that right well, and uh, as I mentioned in the article in the brew your own uh, thirty styles whatever thing, mm-hmm. um, there's uh, maybe it's Doc or somebody that was talking about doing uh, the roasted grains, uh, cold steeping them, and then adding that to your to your mash and the cold steep versus actually adding it to the mash, and I've mm-hmm. never found any value to doing that myself
2: i I've only not, recommend I that know. when people want color and without any any
1: flavor mm-hmm. cold steeping I don't know. do that's, you get no roasted flavor i, don't, I
2: think i still i don't know i don't know that's the only time i've ever that's why i've heard it in that context i've never done it myself because i never made a beer like that
1: right yeah i found essentially no difference okay hmm. other than you know maybe you're extracting a little bit more warmer i mean it depends on how long you cold steep if you cold steep overnight versus warm steeping for 30 minutes i mean you'll get everything out of it cold steeping that you would you know yeah especially thirty you, minutes or an you hour Throw hot.
2: the grains in at the end anyway because you what this might be locked in there is released in the heat right you said what do you do like so right, you cold steep right. it do you then like pour you it throw off that liquid into throw the, the liquid in there and not the grains or just
1: right like, but you, you still get the liquid yeah
2: yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's. yeah, yeah. I, I, I've never found a, an actual difference hmm. that was worth anything. Right. Myself,
2: It's interesting to know.
1: Yeah. So, but uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that people say is is a trick for working with roasted grains.
2: So ten percent uh, roasted barley, but uh, ground really fine, really. Uh,
1: yeah, you turn it into powder. Powder. Wow. And you get the most out of it. Right. I think this is one of the things that. Uh, Instead of Guinness, you know they were, you know they're they're running a giant production brewery. They're, you know, if you they have these roasted grains and you're only using a portion of them, when turn into powder, you get more extract out of it, and um, you know it doesn't uh, impact the flavor mm-hmm. uh, negatively. Then uh, you know right. the best way to do it
2: just put that on its own scale or its own mill, I should say, right?
1: right. Up. yeah, you, rolling pin.
2: Coffee
1: grinder, yeah, coffee grinder. One of those uh, coffee grinders, you know, buzz it real fine. Yep, cool. and then just toss it in with your mash, hmm. and that's the secret to to doing something like that. Uh,
4: do they sell pre-ground, or do you do you always have to do it yourself?
2: The homebrew supply stores sell pre-pre-ground, yeah, but, but not but not to not, not like a powder. Not at that level, no, not. no,
1: no. And uh, you know, uh, use a uh, Irish ale yeast or. You know, something along those lines. Uh, it's a it's a fairly clean yeast. And I think you can use, um, if you're making something more English, you know, something more uh, along the lines of, uh, uh, you know, the Murphy's or the Beamish, you could use an English ale yeast. You know, maybe the uh, White, uh, White Labs uh, WLP-002 mm-hmm. actually uh, has a fairly clean uh, fruitiness. And, uh, you know, use a uh, lower... Fermentation temperature How low? turned out pretty nice. Oh, like 64, 65. I see. Start out there a couple of days and then, you know, so up.
2: That O2 is pretty neutral at that temperature. So you yeah. can as well yeah. use oh one one then, I guess.
1: If you use oh one, one you don't get enough fruitiness, I think. You got to get a little bit of fruitiness. Right. I mean, you know, maybe you go 65, 66. If you want you hot. You, yeah. get, you get into the 67, 68, then it's English. Gotcha. You know, it's a little too English maybe. Mm-hmm but uh I think you know the the fruitiness in these beers would you describe them as minimal moderate minimal I'd say, yeah, but present, you know, yeah it's present proper. and that's and that's what you're shooting yeah, for it's there right. if you if you did o five uh your level of esters is so low that hmm, a little too clean, a little too American uh, I see okay, and I think it's important in dry stout to have some some fruity esters in there.
2: Yeah, because there's not much other place to get it. There's no crystal, per se.
1: Right. Yeah, Yeah. no crystal malt. Um, Crystal malt wouldn't really be in these beers. Uh, And, um, you know, so you're looking at roasted barley, pale malt, really for all your flavor, Mm -hmm. and fermentation.
2: And what would you mash for, for, good attenuation, or would you mash for... for, for yeah,
1: good attenuation, uh-huh. you want it to,
4: to to be dry. fairly dry. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you're doing something like the Murphys, maybe you get a little more fullness, a little more sweetness. Maybe you go with a higher mash temperature, 152, 154. Mm-hmm. If you're going Guinness, maybe you're going, you know, uh, 150.
2: So, so maybe to answer Scott's question, that this maybe a different in process between the two beers. Yeah, yeah, you there you go. It could be one thing they've done.
1: Yeah, yeast, fermentation... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mash temperature. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get to questions from the chat room right after this.
3: Hey, no. Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World Ladies and gentlemen If you'll follow me I will lead you into the gallery area Now the first piece up for sale today Is a Jamil Chef Original A bottle of 1997 Vintage
0: Evil twin. I see
3: A bidding for this one of a kind piece Will start at 7,000 pounds And if you'll continue to follow me Ladies and gentlemen I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area Brewer Justin Crossway. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. food. That's just a crazy dream. Or is it with Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and a vital selection of home brewing goods for the future. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing
5: it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans.
3: That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew for Your Die IPA throughout California and Alaska.
5: And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay
3: Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans
5: because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans.
0: Ah, Tim, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? LBN Army member, Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah! Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's truly really dangerous good point son next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience pick up a bottle of mead from moonlight meadery now in 21 states making over 60 varieties of mead from dry semi-sweet to sweet break out of that craft beer low. grab a bottle of moonlight mead can't find some then ask no make that demand some yeah, yeah! Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com com online and take advantage of their 795 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a home brewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to Homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style.
1: All right, we're back. We're talking uh, dry stout and everything else in between. And one of the things you can do when you're listening live to the uh, the Gmail show, you can uh, go to thebrewingnetwork.com. There's a uh, chat now button. You can listen live and you can chat now. Uh, you jump right in there. You don't need a password. and You make up a name, click enter, and then uh, you're in with everybody else that's listening to the show and Moscow is uh, uh, moderating there and you can ask questions, you can comment, you can you know show naked pictures of your wife, whatever you need to do. There you go. It's one of the best things about the free network
4: right there. They don't have to be naked. Just topless is cool too
1: right right yeah
4: yeah put a finer point on it
1: there you go anything that shows enough skin to get a rise out of moscow perfectly acceptable all right and uh, questions from the chat
4: sure uh let's start with neckbeard beer who says uh on the co2 versus nitro topic mm-hmm. uh if uh if you use nitro mm-hmm. have you ever tried pouring off the tap into a bottle to enter with nitro
1: I have not, but that's a that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think if you got it maybe cold enough and you worked fast enough, maybe you could uh, you could probably get the the nitro in there. Huh? It's gonna oh
2: well, it's still cascading. You put the cap on, you are saying.
1: While well, it's still yeah, releasing. Boy, I don't know. You know the the manufacturers. What they do is they actually put a, a widget in the can. Mm-hmm. Um, that has a little. Slot in it? Two down on the mic. Closer. Yep. And uh, so when you open the can, that fine little laser cut plastic piece in the bottom, it shoots out beer through that slot and gets the, the nucleation going and gets that cascading thing going on. So I'm not sure you would you would capture that.
2: It seemed like you would lose it before you could get it captured to me.
1: Yeah. And you know, just pouring it out, I don't know if if you'd get that or you just yeah, I don't know. I've never tried it. What could Good question, you? Though.
4: What could you do to emulate the the widget for for a homebrew? You can actually take the widget out, and jam it in your bottle. Does it? No, really? Yeah. yeah. You could do that. Uh huh. Th- th- an existing widget from a can?
1: No. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you, how big the widgets are now and how big the opening on the bottle is. Um, and there's uh, they. I don't know if they still have this, but they had bottles where. The, at the top and I think it was Murphy's had a bottle where there was like a expanded area at the top of the neck and it had a little widget trapped in there. And so when you poured it it, you know mm. went through there. But uh, the thing that the manufacturers worry about is somebody swallowing the widget. <laughs> so uh, I am not sure what size they are. I mean we cut this open and see whether that would Well that obviously would pass they can
2: go through that hole.
4: Well th- doesn't it have to be charged or something?
1: No. no. No, no. It's just a difference
2: in pressure.
4: That's it. Yeah.
1: Right. Oh. Yeah. It, it it ends up uh, just here,
4: I'm tearing <laughs> open this can. So you, you can reuse it as many times as you want? Yeah.
1: It's just a. Uh, it's too big to go in the bottle. At least the Murphy's one is. But uh, here.
4: Uh, it's about the size of a golf ball. It's big. It's way bigger than I thought.
1: Yeah, it's like. It's, Bigger than your testicle, ping pong ball. Well, I wouldn't go that so far. They, there, they've got like a little round hole on the top. I think the Guinness one has a, a little slit in it.
4: Yeah, and like an indentation
1: on the bottom. Right. Hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could put that. You could put that in your warhead. Yeah, you can. And you could do you could do some nitro uh, nitro stout in the warhead. Get those in the uh, yeah. in the Brew Network uh, store as well yes there you go those are great good question though. all
4: right here's another one uh from uh scotty postal uh he said uh in brewing classic styles jay-z talks about soaking grains overnight before using uh is this a good trick for uh roasted malt in a dry stout and if so what is the process
1: who was the one that asked the uh last question about the uh, nitro
4: that was Neck beard Beer. All right. Neck Beard Beer wins
1: a copy of the best of Brew Your Own Magazine, 30 Great Beer Styles, Tips, Technique, and Recipes to Brew, 30 of the world's best beers, styles at home uh, from Brew Your Own Magazine. You can find it on the newsstands. You find it at your local homebrew shop. Uh, check it out. So Neck beard Brew, Beer, whatever, uh, email Scott, and he'll give you a, uh, a dry stout-soaked copy of... Uh, of the issue there.
4: Scott at the Brewing com. There you go. All
1: right. So uh, back to um, the question at hand soaking was, grains uh, overnight. Soaking grains overnight. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, uh, you know, if you want to do that, um, it's really, uh, you know, fill, you, you take, um, you know, let's say you've got a quarter pound, half pound roast barley, put it in a container, a jar, whatever glass, p- fill it with. N- Non-chlorinated water, you know, or water that's been had the chlorine removed. Uh, you know, room temp. Uh, fill it all the way to the top. Let it sit overnight, and then uh, when you when you want to use that, you you know, crush it first. Do that, and then just strain it into your into your mash or into your into your kettle. There you go. That's it. That's the way it's done. I I don't uh, yeah. really find a big difference between that and and doing
4: hot. What uh but you do find a small difference. What is the difference?
1: The difference could be any number of things. I don't I don't I don't think it's worth attempting or doing. I think it's more internet lore than it is reality.
4: Okay, let's uh let's do one last one uh about the uh the water. What type of water do you guys recommend?
1: Water, I think uh, you know something that uh, you know you can use uh, water with like calcium carbonate. Um, You can add uh, chalk. Although you know the whole thing uh, on Bruce Strong, we did the whole thing about we're talking about chalk and how it doesn't really do what the the perception of doing it is. I don't know. Can you clarify the last
4: statement? What 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 do people (laughs) think that it does?
1: So so the idea was that it it uh you know adjusted the pH and you know kept the pH higher. You know because the acidic dark acidic grains drive the pH down. You have the chalk to keep it up and it also contributes to a uh a more uh, malty character, you know, not getting sour and acidic and uh or sharp and acidic. Um and then uh, John was saying that, you know, tests that uh, AJ was doing and all that, that uh, it was turning out um, that it had, like, you know, little effect. You'd toss it in, and there might be, like, an initial <laughs> change, and then pretty much, like, 30 minutes later, it was gone. Like all gone. Yeah. Just <laughs> I thought that was interesting. See, you guys should be listening to Bruce Strong. Yeah, I know. That's a show you should be listening to. Yeah. Should be listening to this crap or the Sunday session crap. Should be listening to Bruce Strong. That's where you get your true information. Because no. then we got like that's Palmer. The show I on recommend. There. Yeah. Have right. you ever
2: heard of the Brew Network? Right. No. you Yeah. You should listen to our shows,
1: the Brew Strong <laughs> yeah. shows. Yeah. You want you want to actually learn something about brewing? Yeah. That's the show. That's sure to listen to. We got Palmer on there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so uh, yeah, you know, chalk. I think uh, definitely, and you know, that's uh, that's what I've always done, and. And uh, at Heretic, we toss in chalk when we're doing. Uh, um, S- store the porter. Yeah, the porter and mm-hmm. all that. So anything dark. I don't know. Seems to work. Uh, You're
2: just getting the alkalinity up, so
1: that the pH doesn't Right, right, right. Yeah, right. But, uh, you know, it, it, interesting. You know, I think this water book coming out, again, from the AHA, you know, the Brewers Publications, and uh, mm-hmm. from our friend John Palmer and uh, Colin Kaminsky going to be about uh, a lot of interesting information about water. I think that's going to be the book to get. If you're interested in water. There you go.
2: Sounds great. They're covering all the angles. Give
1: that a rock and roll. Absolutely. All right. That it? That's it? Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you're uh, listening live, stay tuned. Tasty and I in Moscow as well. Let me throw you you in the bus there. Uh, Tasty, Moscow, and I are going to uh, talk about Imperial IPAs. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to have a bunch. We're going to get drunk. Drunk us We're going to be stupid and sloppy, and it'll be a horrible show, so don't listen. Yeah, we... are listening live, just just go ahead and, and cut the feed right now.
4: We had two dry stouts, but we have five Imperial IPAs. Five
1: Imperial IPAs. Isn't that the way of the world today? And, uh, you know, if you, in the West. if you enjoy the, this way of the world today and you want to keep it going, check out the BrewingNetwork.com store, uh, slash store, there's a lot of good things you can pick up in there. You can get a subscription to Brio Magazine. It's a fantastic magazine. I've written for them for like five years and uh, uh, doing the style profile column. And when you get a, a subscription, uh, half of that goes back to the Brewing Network. So check that out. Check out all the other goodies there, warheads, shirts, hats, glassware. Good stuff all goes to the bottom line of Brewery Network. Till then, Brew strong. And off it.